Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. This is Stacking the Box, our post-2020 NFL draft. How many M&Ms did Roger Goodell actually eat? Matt Verderam, you got to experience an NFL draft virtually. You made it through, my friend. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I, I really did. I mean, obviously, the circumstance is not great, but in terms of just the actual the way it went, the presentation, I thought uh, Uncle Roger was enjoyable. I thought the whole thing was uh, it was really good, honestly, the way they did it. So part of me was like, Goodell, why do you have to be so freaking awkward and everything's got to be so stiff? And then I'm sitting there like, eh, it works for him. That's him. It's his personality. He doesn't need to try to be anybody else. If he was like gregarious Goodell, that wouldn't make any sense. So just let him sit there and be Roger Goodell and walk awkwardly up to that screen and act like he's hugging people. It was bizarre to me, but but again, I guess uh, I should just embrace who Roger is, if that makes sense. I actually thought he was pretty good. I mean, by, by the middle of the second round, he was like lounging in his chair. And, he, you know, the, the, the third day he was in a T-shirt. I mean, he, he basically looked like me by, by the middle of the second round. So I, was I that- thought it was funny. Like, I, I actually thought he was the biggest winner of the entire draft, honestly. Was that forced, or was that actually him? Just like, were they telling, "Hey, Rod, just sit there in, in a in a t shirt now, and make it act like you're one of us." Do that, or did you think he just did it on his own? I kind of just think he did it, which made it even better. Like, maybe not. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't do it on his own. But like, you're sitting there plowing through M and M's, just chilling <laughs> out. Like, it was great. It was literally what I was doing. Like, I was sitting there watching a the draft, drinking a beer, and like eating chips, and you know, just just a slob. And I thought it was fantastic. Like, what else are you going to do? He kind of was like the everyman in that situation. I, and I thought it was great. I thought, look, the NFL gets crapped on all the time as the no-fun league, right? And, and it is in a lot of ways. It deserves that moniker. I thought the NFL showed a little bit of personality this weekend. Like, they had all the kids in the war room with the coaches, which is obviously planned, but that's fine. It doesn't matter if it was planned or not. It's, it showed who these people are as people, right? I thought... I thought that was a really smart thing, and I think it made everybody feel good about themselves coming out of the draft. See, and I didn't know why that bothered me, too, but I thought, like, oh, you're just going to try to make it out like this is a family thing, that this is such a wholesome, come on, man, these guys are all paid for hire, and they get kicked out like cattle when they can't do it, and nobody cares about any of their health concerns, even though they act like they do, and now you're going to throw seven-year-old Billy up there to make it seem all sweet? I was, I was bothered by it. But I, I should have let that go. Let me tell one Goodell story. I think you'll enjoy this, Verderam. I'm covering, I'm working in Kansas City. Goodell's in town for the Chiefs were, were being announced for some memorable thing. It was a Clark Hunt deal. They were doing a statue. And I either A, forgot about it or there was something wrong with my recorder. 
So I missed the press conference, and I'm going over there anyway to try to grab him before he leaves and like just beyond hope that I'll somehow just run into Goodell and he'll let me talk to him. So I pull up, and there's this SUV, and they're literally wiping down the SUV, just polishing it for his return to the vehicle. And I'm like, okay, he hasn't left yet. So I start walking in, and out comes Goodell. He's with three other people, and it's just me and these four people on this walkway. And I'm like, Roger, can I just get you for 30 seconds? Well, how important is this? Really? What a great day for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, I, and, and he looks at me, and his, and his handlers are like, just start shaking their head no. And, I'm like, and I was so angry. I'm like, he's right here. It's just one comment. Like, you're, you're here for Kansas City. This is a good thing for the league. You're promoting it. But he denied me, Verderam. And from that moment on, I've always hated Roger Goodell for no real good reason because I was late and it was my fault. But they were right there and his car was polished and all he had to do was give me 30 seconds and he wouldn't do it. Oh, boy. You're a better man than I am. I would have started saying some things to him that, that would not have made air. Um, so, <laughs> all right, here, before we, we're going to go through every team here, guys, uh, and we'll, we'll see what uh, Matt has to say about the wins and losses in this draft. But just to start off the show, as far as the NFL portion here with, with the Packers being, I think, the biggest story of the draft, tr trading up to get Jordan Love, which is... So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Just amazing. Not only are you taking a pick in the first round on a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl to draft a quarterback, uh, you're, you gave up a pick in addition to do it. I thought it was a big F you to Aaron and just overall, even more so than that program, I just thought it was moronic. Um, and I did speculate they were going to do it. I think on last week's podcast, I thought the Packers would take a quarterback, but they went the way they went about it was bizarre to me. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought like if they could have screwed that up anymore, I would have liked to have known how. Um, I don't even have a problem that they took a quarterback at some point in the draft, but to do it in the first round is surprising. Secondly, I don't understand if you're the Packers. Look, you have all these needs at receiver. You have one receiver and nobody else, right? You don't have a tight end that you really care about. And you went to the NFC title game like this. You have to know that on some level, look, if you don't get better, you're probably going to get worse here. Like, this isn't going to be good. You're not probably, you're probably not looking at 13 3 again. And for them to, move up to take Jordan Love was just, I was beside myself in, in amusement. I, I, I don't understand how it happens. And you've got to think, look, there were receivers they could have taken there. It was the deepest class I can ever remember. They never took a receiver, ever, at any point. It wasn't like they doubled back and took it in the second round. They did nothing. They didn't help him at all. They took a fullback in the middle round. It was insane. I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm furious i i mean absolutely beyond words furious and oh by the way he's essentially locked into his contract for the next three years so most teams take a rookie quarterback because they say look cheap rookie deal four years they're not even gonna get the benefit of that 
He's going to be on the bench. It, uh, it was moronic. I thought they had the worst draft in the league by a country mile. I wonder how long he's going to be in Green Bay, right? I mean, if that's what you're doing and you're thinking about the future, and teams do this all the time, they try to avoid being terrible, which sometimes is just, you know, take your medicine. We had a tremendous run. And by the way, the fact that how many Super Bowls have the Packers won with Favre and Rodgers in 30 years? Two. Two. So that's on you, man. Uh, you, you should have. You could have been the Patriots, and, and it's, you know, a lot of teams, I guess, would take two Super Bowls in the last 30 years, but well, when you have, it, you it's, know, it's, it's, it's a loss at the end of the day. It, it is, and, and the other side of it is, you know, Rodgers specifically, he's been a dominant force for a dozen years, and you've been to one Super Bowl. Like, I'll tell you right now, as a Chiefs fan, if they never get to another Super Bowl with Mahomes, it's a failure. I mean, come on. Now, yeah, it's not a failure like Marino in the sense, hey, you won one, right? You did win one. That matters. Hey, you won. But you're always going to have that lingering, yeah, but, but we should have won more than that. And so, you know, I think with the Packers, you know, I've seen so many Packers fans try to defend it on my Twitter timeline with, hey, you know, that's what we did with Rodgers and Favre. Hey, look, that's fine. Rodgers was thought to be the most talented guy in that draft, and he fell to you, and you took him at an incredible value. Nobody thought Jordan Love was worthy of a top pick. So, you traded up for the guy. He was your target. He was who you wanted the whole time. Um, I, I'm shocked. And look, I don't know Aaron Rodgers at all. I've never spoken to him. So I don't want to make this out like I have some insight. Th- I don't. But you've got to think, A, he's pissed. Okay. And B, you know, just looking at him from afar, I don't think that he's the kind of guy who's going to get into camp and go, you know what? It's okay. I feel good. I think he's the kind of guy, this thing's going to go on for a while. He's going to hold it against some people. It's not going to be pleasant. If he wanted to, before we move on, if he wanted to force his way out of Green Bay, what's his, what can he do, Werner Ram? What's, what, are, what, are the, what are the ways he can go about it? It's, it's tough because his contract is enormous, and they would have to take on an absurd amount of dead cap to trade one of the best quarterbacks ever. So I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think, I think it would literally have to be I'm not showing up. I'm not playing. I, I just, I, and I think we'd have to be, I think you'd have to do it for a year, man. I think you'd have to sit up for like a full year or something because the, the Packers are not going to want to do that. Um, it's just too much of a cap. Hit. I, don't, I don't even think, that's why I said earlier, they're essentially, get, they got three years of him, man. Like they're, they are not moving him. So that's why this is so weird. Like, what if this goes full blown toxic and he's like, screw this. I'm not talking to the Gutekunst. I'm not dealing with Matt LaFleur any more than I have to. I'm not talking to Jordan Love. I mean, knowing what you know about his personality, would that shock you? No, no, not not at all. That's uh, Which is something interesting that you would think the Packers would have factored that in as well. Is this going to work and showing respect to one of the greatest players who's ever worn your uniform in the history of the franchise? Well, so I actually, to, to wrap up on this, I, I want to bring this into something we're all kind of dealing with current event-wise. So, like, with, with Rodgers, I know people will say, look, he's a player. The front office doesn't have to talk to him about moves. But we all know, anyone who's covered professional sports knows that's ridiculous. Like, the bottom line is, when you have the star player, the big-time star player, you talk to those guys before you make the big move. And right now, most of us in the sports world are watching that fantastic documentary the last dance on your chicago bulls and you know I, i'm always stunned 
I remember that team. I was a kid, but I remember them. I enjoyed watching them. Like Jerry Krause, the GM of that team, just coming out and being like, this is Bill Jackson's last year, and it's up to MJ if he wants to leave or not. How the hell do you not talk to Michael Jordan about this? Like, before you do all these things, right? Like, he could sit there and say, well, Michael Jordan's a player. Okay, yeah, sure. But he's Michael Jordan. Like, you might want to get his thoughts on things. So it is different when you have the big-time transcendent star. Right, right. And the rules do not... People who don't get that one, yes, of course, the rules are different for Rodgers or for Jordan or for whoever than the 53rd man on a football team. Correct. You need to be on time. You need to do everything right. Dennis Rodman can go off to Las Vegas and get drunk because he's going to come back and play and you'll make special accommodations, which was one of the reasons that Bill Jackson was a great coach because he wasn't so rigid. But all right, here, uh, before we get into the teams, real quick, Miami takes Tua, the Chargers take Herbert. What do you think of those two moves, Verdram? I think it's an enormous risk for the Dolphins, obviously, the talents there with Tua. It's just a matter of the health. Um, but I get it, and I thought they did a nice job as the draft went on. They drafted a ton of offensive linemen. Their next pick was Austin Jackson, who's a tackle out of USC. So I think they were smart. Look, if you're going to take two, you've got to fortify him, essentially. You've got to make sure he's taking as, as little punishment as possible. I think it, it, it's, it is an enormous, enormous gamble, but I do get why the Dolphins did it. I did not like to pick a Herbert to the Chargers. Again, I understand it. Like, they need a quarterback, but – nobody seems to think that Herbert is going to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. And if you don't think he's going to be an elite quarterback, why are you taking him sixth overall? All right, I, I think if you're the Chargers, you're better off rolling it with Tyrod for a year and then kind of reassessing. But if Herbert's good, if we're wrong on Herbert, then okay. But a lot of people would have to be wrong. I saw big boards from respected people who think he's the 40th best player in the draft. So if that's the case, I can't get on board with him at six, even if he is a quarterback. Yeah, and one thing that we teed up here that I don't know if the Chargers were having discussions, but they could have rolled the dice, traded back, assuming that there was interest in coming out up there from someone, and then maybe you get Herbert in the middle of the first round, you get right. an extra pick. They could they could have played it that way too. Uh, and as far as two is concerned, I think it's a great spot for him, and it is a big risk by the Dolphins, but it's a big swing. Like, you're, you're taking a swing at a guy who you hope is going to be a star. And, I, I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm Miami, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. If he's, if he's not healthy, well, here, look, man, we tried to hit a home run here. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe we will. Um, so, I, I thought that made a whole lot more sense. So, we're, we're in line there. All right, let's go through the, let's go through the divisions, Vernon. We're going to start with the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills, who have had a very interesting offseason, adding digs. And their first pick, uh, they didn't have one until the third round of this. They take, uh, they're taking, uh, I'm sorry, they're taking Zach Moss in the third round. Um, what do you think of what Buffalo went about? How they went well, about their business? I, I thought their first round pick was essentially Stephon Diggs, um, and then they added AJ Espinosa from uh, or Espinessa. Uh, I can never say his name. AJ Espinessa from Iowa, the edge rusher. Um, in the second then, round, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, and then Zach Moss after him. So, look, I, I thought I thought the Bills had a good draft, all things considered. I mean, they didn't have a first-round pick. They traded for Diggs. Look, the bottom line is the bottom line. The Bills are better now than they were at the start of the offseason. They did lose Shaq Lawson, okay? They did lose um, Jordan Phillips off the defensive line, which I did think was a hit. But I think overall the Bills are a better team. They had to fix up that offense a little bit. Diggs is a huge, huge, huge part of that. So, 
I think the Bills should be happy with what they got. I think the Bills had a solid offseason. I think they're clearly the favorite in the AFC East. You okay? And, I, and so do I. That's where I wanted to go to. I, I think Buffalo right now. You, hey, puff out your chest, Bills fans. You are you are the favorite in the East. Where do you think we'll move on to the Miami Dolphins? And of course, we just talked about making Tua yep. uh, their the first pick in their draft number five overall. But they also had two other picks in the first round: Austin Jackson, and then they went out and got a cornerback out of Auburn, which you can take on that last name, Veram Noah. Ig being own Hini. Am I getting that right? What do you think of what the Dolphins oh, did? I couldn't even begin to pronounce that last name. Noah I. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I actually thought that was a weird pick. Kind of a reach, and you already have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Um, but they loaded up on, on linemen, and I, and I like that. You know, we, like I said, I said it earlier, so I won't go that deep into it again, but I thought it was the right move. Uh, for them, you know, to go out and, and get the quarterback and then double back with they took Austin Jackson in the first round. That matters. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's going to come in and play right away. Then they go back to pick 39, Robert Hunt at old Louisiana Lafayette. You know, he's another guy who probably starts right away. That line needs a lot of help. And they had more picks than any team going into the draft for 14. Uh, Solomon Kinley in the fourth round. So, like, I thought the Dolphins did a good job. I thought the, the Dolphins, clearly, if you take the totality of the offseason, they improved as much as anybody. I mean, they, they had a lot of free agent pickups. So the Dolphins are my sleeper team to go worse to first in the division. Like, I think Buffalo's better. Buffalo should win that division. But the Dolphins, if Tagovailoa is really good and he's healthy, that, that, that coach is good. If Brian Flores is a good coach, I wouldn't be shocked if that team made the playoffs. Now, I, I, I think it would be one of those things where everything kind of has to go right. but. I do think that they made real improvements. Moving on to the New England Patriots, who many thought would take a quarterback. They did not do that, although they just picked up uh, in in the uh, undrafted free agent pool. They took uh, the quarterback from Michigan State, Brian Lewerke, which uh, I don't think he'll be starting. Come not. No. Yeah. He, but, all right, so what do we think about what New England did? Trading back and uh, – their, their first pick was a defensive lineman, defensive end out of, out of Michigan. Your thoughts on the Patriots program? I, was, I hated it. I really did. I, I just, you know what? Look, sometimes you're the smartest person in the room. Sometimes you're trying to be the smartest person in the room. And far be it for me to say that Bill Belichick's trying to be smart and not actually being it. But, Bill, like at some point, man, stop trading every pick back. Just take somebody. Like, Kyle Duggar cannot be the best thing you got out of your draft. I'm sorry. It just can't. It cannot be. They always end up with a zillion picks and nobody that makes an impact. Like, at some juncture, you need to just take the player. Now, if you don't want to take a quarterback in strategy, you don't like the quarterback, fine. Okay, no problem. Couldn't you, like, they couldn't have used a first-round pick? Like, did you see that roster last year? Did you see that Tom Brady's no longer there because he doesn't want to deal with it anymore? Like, I, I, I hated what they did this entire offseason. I thought it was just largely a waste of time. And I know people are going to say, well, they're the Pats. Anything can happen. And, okay, Lay, look, fair enough. You give Belichick the benefit of the doubt all day, every day. But does anyone look at that roster the way it currently stands and think that team can go 500? I don't. I don't see any way in the world that team's winning eight, nine games. I don't care how great Belichick is. At some point, you just don't have the horses. Tank for Trevor might be going on in New England. I, they're I not doubt. that bad. That's the yeah. problem. But they're not yeah. that bad. They'll win, like, six games. and it's, So what is the point? I just don't understand it. All right, so wrapping up in the AFC East, we move on to the New York Jets, who took an absolute mauler 
Uh, Makai Becton, Verderam, out of Louisville, 6'7", 364. I was loving his highlights. Uh, so the Jets doing a little little boost for Sam Darnold up front and a bunch of picks for New York. They had a couple in the third round, three in the fourth round. Take on the Jets. I thought the Jets had some really good value. I thought Worfs not getting picked by them and, and, and them taking Becton was surprising to me, but I thought the positional need was there and the position they took was right. Um, look, man, Bryce Hall late in the draft, I thought it was a good pick. Denzel Mims was a guy who did a draft. Ariana, I, I love the kid both as a player and, and really as a guy getting to know him. I think he's going to be great for them. Um, and, and, and look, obviously there's some implicit bias maybe there, but I, I really... I, even before I ever spoke to him, saw him at the senior ball and just thought he was dominant. In fact, it's one of the reasons we wanted to speak to him. So, um, look, I think he was a really good pick for them. Probably the best value in the whole draft. I think a lot of people would agree on that. I thought the Jets did well. I, I still think they have major needs. The offensive line, even with Beckton, they still need help. Um, but I thought they got better in the draft, and that's really all you can ask for. We move on to the AFC North, and we start with the Baltimore Ravens, who many think will perhaps at least be in the Super Bowl this year. Patrick Queen was their first pick out of LSU inside linebacker, who some think is undersized. Did the Ravens do enough for Ram to solidify themselves as the top seed in the AFC in your mind? I, I think they're they're 1B with Kansas City, um, but I think they had a great draft. I love Queen. I thought Patrick Queen was one of the top 15 players I saw going to the draft. He fell to them. You knew they had to take him. It felt almost impossible they wouldn't. Um, and then they went back and they took J.K. Dobbins, the running back out of Ohio State. It feels like, my God, they may never throw the ball. Um, but, yeah, I liked what they did. I liked that they did a lot. A lot of meat and potatoes guys third round on. Um, look, the Ravens are going to be very, very, very tough to play against. And, and I think that's why you look at them, you look at Kansas City, and there's just a big chasm after them in the AFC. I really like the Dobbins pick because they were just screaming, this is a guy that should not be on the board right here. We're taking best player and we'll add on to a strength. So uh, I thought that Baltimore played the draft at least the way I would want my team to play it, taking the best player available. Moving to the Cincinnati Bengals, who I thought got great value with their second-round pick with T. Higgins falling out of Clemson. I'm a big fan. Of course, they took Burrow number one overall. No one's surprised by that. What do you think of Cincinnati? Great draft. I mean, Burrow, of course, is the headliner. Right? I mean, there's just no way around that. He is going to have weapons on this offense. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins when they go three wide, and then you have Joe Mixon behind them. Like, the team's going to score some points. That's a team that's going to score. Now, their offensive line is an atrocity, so that's a problem, right? But they, they are going to be able to air it out a little bit. I think Burrow's going to be good right away. I'm, I'm in total agreement. I love the Higgins pick. And then they got Logan Wilson out of Wyoming in the third round. Wilson's a really good young linebacker coming out of Wyoming. I think he plays for them right away. I think he makes an impact. So I thought the Bengals should feel really good. And this was the first time they ever spent in free agency. So the Bengals really, I thought, had a watershed for, had a watershed offseason for themselves. Biggest disappointment in the NFL last year, arguably the Cleveland Browns. They had the 10th overall pick, took Jedrick Wills Jr. out of Alabama, offensive tackle. Uh, so the run on the tackles was uh, – rolling with Cleveland. Did the Browns do enough in uh, 2020 here, Bertram, to actually get in the thick of the division? We're going to find out. Uh, you know, it, it depends a lot on Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield coming together and making it work. Look, I, I thought they had a really nice draft. Um, 
you'll, you'll look at, you mentioned Wills. They needed a tackle. That was an incredibly obvious fit for them. And then they went and got, they got Grant Delpit in the second round. I love Grant Delpit. I think he's a football player. He's instinctual. He's going to be a really good safety for them. I'd be really surprised if he's not. Harrison Bryant, tight end, fourth round. Look, I don't know if they needed a tight end, but I think if they did need one, he's a great value there. So, look, I think the Browns, the talent's not a problem in Cleveland. The, the, the question in Cleveland is, can they just put it all together? Can they make it work? Uh, I, I, I'm i hopeful for them and for their fans. The Pittsburgh Steelers did not have a first, uh, rather, uh, right. well, they, they ended up taking Chase Claypool as their first pick in the second round out of Notre Dame. Uh, I like Claypool, Vernon, and, and the, the Irish had some firepower last year, and he was a big part of it. They, uh, the Steelers stick, did not draft a quarterback. Some thought that they would. Where are you at on Pittsburgh? I thought it was a pretty quiet draft then, honestly. I, I really I didn't see anything that really made me jump out of my seat. Anthony McFarlane Jr. coming out of uh, Maryland, I think, is a good running back. Booger's son. Um, I, I think you know that, that makes some sense. Uh, I don't mind Claypool only because of who took him. The Steelers know their receivers. They, they develop them as well as anybody. So if they feel good about him, fine. I was not a huge fan. I, I didn't dislike him. Just kind of thought he was a guy. Um, but, look, you know, the first-round pick, it's hard to have a really impactful draft. All right, we moved to the AFC South. And one of my highlights from this draft was seeing Bill O'Brien storm around and apparently he had a trade with Detroit, but maybe he didn't have a trade. With, well, he didn't have a trade with Detroit, but... He's very upset the Lions made another deal. Uh, I don't know what Houston's doing this offseason in general. Did they, did they take a maybe save a little face with their draft as uh, their first pick was Ross Blacklock, second round pick out of TCU, helped to the defensive line? I like the pick, but ultimately this offseason's a disaster for them. I mean, there's, just, there's no two ways. You're not justifying it. Look, they trade away DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of peanuts. And then turned around and acquired Brandon Cooks, who was not good last year, who's no fault of his own. He's had five concussions. He's on his fourth team. He's 26 years old. I mean, it just none of this makes any sense. They spent money on Randall Cobb and Eric Murray. Yeah, then they signed Laramie Tunzel, one of the most ridiculous contracts extension I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the whole thing was a disaster. I would be shocked if Deshaun Watson keeps that team afloat next year. They're just not good enough. They just don't have the horses. Indianapolis, we go. The Colts stocking up on sixth-round picks. They had four of them. And, of course, we got Phillip Rivers in Indy now. Is Indy a playoff contender? Yes. Love their draft. Uh, thought thought Jacob Eason in the third day was really smart. He might start for them at some point. Not this year, but at some point. I mean, Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett are both free agents after this year. So I think you're looking at that and saying, okay, that makes sense there. And in the second round, they got weapons. They got Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, who I think is going to be really good. Loves him at the Senior Bowl when I was down there. And Jonathan Taylor, the guy had multiple 2,000-yard rushing seasons at Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, that team went from not having enough weapons to having plenty if those guys pan out. Jacksonville, very busy. Dealt Ramsey last year, A.J. Bowie on the way to Denver, and taking uh, C.J. Henderson for in the first round out of Florida, cornerback. Not a whole lot of hope for that offense, but uh, I don't know. Where are, you th- where are you out of the Jaguars, who definitely have been reshaping their roster? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a rebuild. It depends. Do you like Minshew? Because if you do, then you're okay with where they're headed. But it's going to be a long process, and there's no way around that. They didn't take any offensive player that I think is going to step in and immediately help them. Uh, I know they took Chenault in the second round out of Colorado. We will see. 
Uh, he's going to get a chance. He's going to get a chance to make plays. You don't have a lot outside of DJ Shark there. So, um, look, I like Henderson. They drafted Kevon, uh, LeVon Chason out of uh, LSU, edge rusher, with their second first-round pick. So they did add some some firepower to the defense. My question with them is, what are you doing with Leonard Fournette? And what are you doing with Yannick Ngakwe? Because now the draft's over. So if you trade them, you're waiting on on compensation essentially until next year, which is a tough pill to swallow. We move to the Tennessee Titans, who are just all in on Ryan Tannehill, stocking up with Isaiah Wilson with the 29th overall pick of the first round, protecting Tannehill. Is this a bet that's going to pay off, Matt Bergeram? I'm dubious to it. Um, he had like eight years, seven years in Miami where he said, no, it's not. And he had 10 games and says, yeah, it will. I'm more on the seven years thing. Like, I, I just. Sometimes guys do that for a little bit, and then they, that's it. Like That's all they've got. You know, teams figure it out. Isaiah Wilson, the first round, is always a reach. I get the position, but I don't like the pick. Um, they had a weird offseason. Like they, had, they, they lost Jack Conklin. Logan Ryan is still technically a free agent, so they could bring him back. I will say, though, I love to pick a Christian Fulton in the second round. I thought he was an incredible value for them. So I did like that pick, and I do love the coaching staff. I think, I think Arthur Smith is a really good offensive coordinator. I think they're talented. I think they're a playoff team. I just don't know that they're an AFC championship game type of team. All right. To the AFC West we go, and we'll start with the Denver Broncos. I was enjoying little just shots of Vic Fangio throughout the draft. I don't know if it's his former Chicago days that I was enjoying seeing him, but just the very relaxed Fangio. Jerry Judy slipped a little bit. I don't. A lot of people didn't think he'd be there at 15, but he was, and that was the Broncos' first pick. Do you see Denver – as a contender in the AFC West in any way, shape, or form here? I see them as a potential playoff team. I don't see them as contending for the AFC West. Look, I enjoyed the AFC West draft for one reason. All these teams basically just said, look, we got to score, and just loaded up to the hill. I mean, it was it was blatant what was, what was the thought process in all three of those buildings outside Kansas City. So the Broncos said, okay, Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and the tight end out of Missouri, and, and they drafted another wide receiver late. I mean, Denver essentially said, we are making Drew Locke work here. It's going to happen. They took some, they took some offensive linemen. Uh, I, I think they, they clearly believed in Locke. We'll see if he turns out to be good. But if he doesn't, there's no excuse for him because they loaded him up with every weapon they could find. Kansas City, a lot of people thought the Chiefs might trade back from the last pick in the first round. They didn't do that. A lot of people thought they'd take a defensive player there. They didn't do that. Do you like the running back? And was the Chiefs focused in the right direction, Matt Bergeron? We actually, last week on the show, had an in or out. Will the Chiefs take a quarterback or a running back in the first round? And I said, no, I thought they'd trade back and take one. They didn't trade back. They did take one. I, I think he's the right fit. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. For them, because he's so good out of the backfield catching the ball. And if you watch an LSU offense, they put him all over the field last year. They played him as a receiver sometimes. And for the Chiefs, obviously, that'll do. Uh, Andy Reid will find ways to get him into matchups uh, that are disadvantageous for the other team. 
I, I think ultimately, yeah, look, I like the pick. I have no problem. They just don't have a lot of needs. They really don't. They're, they're pretty deep. They, they, they brought back 20 of their starters. I thought their third-round pick of Niang at a T, TCU to, to tackle, I think he's a terrific pick. I think he's a really, really good pick. Um, and I, I talked to some people after the draft who felt that he was a second-round pick. So she's got him late third. I think he's going to start right away at guard for them, maybe shift out to tackle in a year or two. I thought the Chiefs did well. If for no other reason this offseason, they kept the team together and then just slapped the draft class on top of it. So they were the best team last year. I think they're the best team right now. Sounds like a back-to-back, baby. He lost Vegas. But, you know, who knows? They're they're right there. There's no doubt about it. Let's go with the Las Vegas Raiders, who John Gruden wanted speed, and he picks them up with Henry Ruggs III out of Alabama. He can take the top off. What do you think about the Raiders? I'll be honest. I, I didn't like the draft necessarily. I, I thought, look, Ruggs, I can't kill. He's, he's, he's incredibly fast. He's their version of Tyreek. At least they're hoping that he is. My concern with Henry Ruggs is that he never really produced at Alabama on a major – he never had a 1,000-yard season. He was always second fiddle to Judy. And if he's better than Judy, then why? Like, why is he a second fiddle there? Um, the Damon Arnett pick, I just didn't understand. I, I just don't, don't get it. They could have had him in the late second or early third round. I know they didn't have a second round pick. Jesus, could have traded to get there. I just thought it was an odd draft. They they, they did draft uh, a couple guys in the third round. Brian Edwards out of South Carolina being one of them, um, who they're hoping you know can also play on the outside as a receiver um, and give them some punch. But I just thought it was kind of an odd draft. I, I just I wasn't in love with it. I didn't I didn't hate the rugs pick, but I do think there's some major risk there. We've all seen guys who get drafted because they can run, and then they. Getting the pros, and it just doesn't work out. There's more to being an NFL receiver than just being able to run fast. Let's go to the Chargers, and Justin Herbert's got a rocket, and he's certainly got the size sitting there at 6'6", so he's got every, he looks the part, but is he the actual part? The Chargers, that offense was ugly last year, 21st in scoring. They could, if Herbert doesn't cut it, could be at the very bottom of the league. What do you think? Of, I know you don't like the pick. Is there anything that you would like to shine on L.A. that uh, perhaps is on, on the positive side? Loved Kenneth Murray. He was my favorite player in the whole draft, and they traded up and took him. So I think that was a great pick. Look, I think the Chargers are really talented. Here's the problem with the Chargers. A, we don't know the quarterback, which, okay, we don't know the quarterback. That's fine. But B, my other problem with it is just everybody they went out and got this offseason, they're all injury prone. Trey Turner, Brian Balaga. And guess what? The Chargers, what's their problem? Every single year, there's 30 guys on IR by week 12. Like, it's easy to look at a roster in August and say, man, that's a really good team. Because I think they are. But then you look at them in October and you're like, man, they're missing 12 guys this week. Like, that's the problem. I know some of that you can't help, you can't control. But I just worry with the Chargers that you just look at this team and say, yeah, they're talented. But they just draft, they just signed a lot more guys who. They don't play 16 games. That That's my concern with that. Dallas Cowboys, first-round draft pick, C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma. That was not a need position at all. They've re-signed Amare, right? I mean, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that is a best player available. Did the Cowboys make the right selection? I love their draft. Um, I don't mind it because you got to go three wide in today's NFL. So now they have him and Gallup and Cooper, and you're, you're trying to make Prescott the best version of him that he can be. They drafted Trayvon Diggs in the second round. A lot of people thought it was a first-round pick. So 
I thought the Cowboys had a really, really good draft. I was I was very happy uh, with the way they went about it. I thought Dallas got a lot better. I think Dallas, far and away, had the best drafts in that division. Well, the New York Giants then surprised a lot of people, although some knew or some thought they would go Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, but a lot of people had him taking a different lineman. Hard to know right now, but what do you think about Thomas being the first lineman off the board? Um, You know, I don't mind it. I thought he was a guy who showed well throughout college in Georgia. I mean, you're talking an SEC big-time school. And then they doubled back, and they got Xavier McKinney in the second round out of Alabama, the safety. Look, I think the Giants did well. I really do. I Those tackles to me, those top four tackles are so close together. I'm not killing a team for taking any one of those guys. I think Becton was the fourth of the four, so I would have kind of gotten on them if they had taken Becton. But I had no problem with Andrew Thomas. I think he's going to be a really solid, quality starter for them. And I think ultimately, you've got to feel good. If you're a Giants fan, look, you added some talent on both sides of the ball. You desperately needed to do that. So I think the Giants got better. I think the Giants have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, but I do think they got better. Philadelphia, the Eagles did not have productive wide receivers last year. Elshon Jeffrey has continued to slide in the wrong direction. They took three of them. What do you think of Philadelphia? So I actually have a little bit of a, of a weird take on the Eagles. I didn't like Rieger. I thought they should have taken Justin Jefferson there. They didn't. So be it. We'll see if they're right on that. I, everybody in the world, if they need to take a receiver, and they did that. I did not mind Jalen Hurts going in the second round there. I, I know people are going to scream, what are they doing? They have Wentz. I get all that. Wentz gets hurt. It's hurt all the time. Like, the guys hurt all the time. I understand that they said, you know what? We can't be putting in Nate Sudfeld. Just can't do it. Like, need to have a better backup. And I think Hurts, look, he got coached up by Saban and Lincoln Riley in college. He threw for 50, or excuse me, he didn't throw for. He had 32, I believe, throwing the ball uh, in terms of touchdowns last year. But he had 50 total touchdowns last year, went over 5,000 all purpose yards in Oklahoma. The guy has talent. I don't mind that in the least. Uh, so I, I thought the Eagles did okay. Look, I, I wasn't over the moon about their draft, but I give it a C. Plus. I, I, it was fine. I know there's some people who want to give it an F. I, I don't feel that way. The Washington Redskins, Matt Bertram, there was no real move to do other than to take Chase Young. Elsewhere, what do you think about what the Redskins did? You know what? I really thought the Redskins had a great offseason for no other reason. They brought in Ron Rivera, right? They brought an adult to the party for the first time in a long time in Washington. Um, I don't have any issues. I thought well, Chase Young is a home run pick. I don't know how you can argue with that. Anyone who does it is just trying to pick a fight. Um, I thought the Redskins overall, look, you know, Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty in the fourth round, the receiver, I think he was interesting. I liked him. I thought, you know, I thought they did well there. Antonio Gibson, the running back, who can also play a little receiver out of Memphis. They added some weapons for Dwayne Haskins. Like, I got no problem with that. I thought it was the smart move. Um, you know, the Redskins have a long way to go. Let's be clear about that. And all of this is going to hinge on Haskins. But I thought the Redskins did a good job this offseason. I don't think they took positive steps. And they took a big one in getting a real head coach. Chicago did not have a first-round pick, took Cole Komet out of Notre Dame, and then doubled down with Jalen Johnson, a cornerback who has been playing through some shoulder issues. What do you think about what the Bears did? Like Jalen Johnson, I think he's a good player, and I, I give him credit for the fact he played the entire season with a torn labor, and that couldn't have been fun, uh, but did it. So I like him. Komet, to me, is a, 
he's just a guy. I, I, I'm not big on any of the tight ends in this class. And I, I just don't understand. Like, Ryan Pace, does he have a running bet that, like, he can get 15 tight ends on that roster? I mean, they, they have 10 guys. Like, at what point is just have you seen enough? I, I, I don't get it. He's just signed Jimmy Graham. I, you know, so I, I don't – look, I don't hate the Bears draft because they didn't have a first rounder. And that went toward Khalil Mack, and that's fine, right? You take that. And then, you know, the second round, you do get Jalen Johnson, who I do like quite a bit. But I thought the Bears just kind of had a so-so draft. I did not like overall what Chicago did. But we shall see. And it's easy to bet against Ryan Pace considering his draft history. Let's go to Detroit who many thought might trade out of the three spot, but they needed that cornerback. They obviously love Jeff Okuda, and they took him. Thoughts on the Lions? I'll be really brief here. Uh, look, I, I love Okuda. I think he's going to be really good for them. But I, I don't understand. Like, how the hell do you take two running backs in this draft? What are you doing? You have carry on Johnson. Your team is awful. And your answer to that was, let's get two running backs in here. Like, and I love DeAndre Swift. I think he's going to be a really good player. So if you want to sit there and argue, well, he's the best player available, all right, great. But you needed far more than running backs on this team. I love the player, hate the pick. Um, I just I just don't understand it. I, I think it's a it's a typical Detroit, you know, odd trying to outsmart everybody, but not really outsmarting anybody type of offseason. Did anybody have a worse draft than the Green Bay Packers trading up to get Jordan Love? No. Not, not even. The, I wrote my column about it on Fansided this Monday morning. Here, I just destroyed them, and I, I don't think I could have destroyed them anymore if I tried. Jordan, I mean, here's their draft: Jordan Love in the first, backup quarterback; AJ Dillon, a 250-pound running back in the second round. Okay, he's going to back up Aaron Jones. Third round: Josiah Degara, tight end out of Cincinnati, going to back up Jay Sternberger. Like, don't, don't need a backup tight end. Didn't have a pick in the fourth round. Go to the fifth round. Kamal Martin, linebacker out of Minnesota. Eh, okay. It's a flyer at that point. Linebacker, fair enough. I actually like the John Runyon pick, offensive lineman out of Michigan. You know, obviously, great bloodlines there. And then Jake Hansen and Simon Stepniak, two guys on the offensive line who, again, you're looking at depth. There's not a ton of upside there. And then the seventh round, Vernon Scott, safety out of TCU, and Jonathan Garvin. Edge rusher out of Miami. I'm not going to kill anybody in the seventh round. It is what it is. You're taking a flyer. But they literally did not draft one player who projects to start for them. I just, how the hell do you do that? What, do they have nine picks? I mean, it's almost impossible. How do you draft that one guy who you think, yeah, he'll, he'll help us out in 2020? I thought that draft was an abomination. I give it an F. We go to Minnesota. The Vikings in a interesting spot. No more digs so here comes justin jefferson 22nd overall out of lsu did the vikings save face i thought the vikings had a great draft now we just talked about team i give an f i give the vikings a full-blown a they had they had an unbelievable 15 picks which i think that's ludicrous there's no way in hell 15 guys making the team but justin jefferson and jeff gladney uh, jefferson the receiver out of tcu gladney corner out of tcu i think that's a, a tremendous haul they desperately needed help in those positions, and I thought they got great value in both spots. They double back. They get Ezra Cleveland out of Ohio, uh, excuse me, out of Boise State, tackle there. Another position in need. A lot of people thought it was a top twenty pick. They got him at sixty eight overall, excuse me, fifty eight overall. That's a great job by Rick Spielman. I thought the Vikings had as good of a draft as anybody. 
Then they even got Cam Dantzler, a corner out of Mississippi State, who some people thought was a high second-round pick. They got him in the third round. So I love Minnesota. Knocked it out of the park. They should be thrilled with that draft. To Atlanta we go, and the Falcons, I think, kind of picking a system guy here in A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson. Thoughts on the Falcons? So-so, maybe a C. I, I don't mind Terrell. I uh, thought it might be a little rich at that spot, but they get there. You know, they tried to trade up all night long, all week long. They couldn't do it. They end up taking Terrell. And then they get Marlon Davidson, the defensive lineman at Oliver in the second round. It's fine to me. Uh, nothing bad about it. You know, they, they got to get better in the trenches. They ended up taking an offensive lineman to Matt Hennessy at a temple in the third round. So they know where they have to improve. But I, I just thought it was average. I, I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. Carolina. Derek Brown out of Auburn. Now, this is a guy who perhaps might not get back to get to the quarterback all the time or ever, but against the run, real solid. So I don't know which, if you want that seventh overall, but uh, your thoughts on Brown, your thoughts on the Panthers. I actually think Brown's a penetrator on the inside. I think he's going to get to the quarterback. So I mean, he's not going to be Aaron Donald, but who is? I think he's going to be a very good player. And I love what the Panthers did. Look, Matt Rule basically said, I know offense. I'll get us to score some points. We got Christian McCaffrey, we got Curtis Samuel, we got DJ Moore, we've got Teddy Bridgewater. Like, we'll score some points. Here's how I'm going to fix the defense. Derek Brown in the first round, D-tackle. Yator Grossmatos, edge rusher out of Penn State. Jeremy Chin, safety out of Southern Illinois. They don't have a pick in the third round. Go to the fourth round, Troy Pride, corner out of Notre Dame. Go to the fifth round, Kenny Robinson Jr., safety out of West Virginia. Sixth round, Bravion Roy, D-tackle out of Baylor. Seventh round, Stanley Thomas Oliver, corner. Every single pick was on defense. If you're going to attack it, attack it. I loved what the Panthers did. Let's move on to the Saints, who, very interesting draft. First of all, New Orleans only had four picks, and they used their first one to take the first center off the board, Cesar Ruiz. And they drafted a center last year in the second round and played 16 games. Curious day for New Orleans. Yeah, odd draft. Look, I do like what they did in the third round. They got Zach Bond, who was the first round in a lot of people's eyes. And then they went and got Adam Troutman, who I really liked it in Mobile when I was down there. I thought he played well. He's going to be a move tight end. Um, I, I think he makes sense for them. So I, I like that pick. He gives them some youth there, um, you know, where Jared Cook played last year and was still there. But, you know, she's all Louise. Look, I love the player. I just don't know that that was the biggest need in the world for them. I would have liked to have seen Patrick Queen there. They ended up getting a linebacker later in Bond. Um, I give the draft like a C plus, B minus. I thought it was solid. Um, and I- Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving the progressive as 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3-3-3. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Saints are the best team right now in the NFC alongside San Francisco. I don't know how many times you can go back in history that a team took two players from the Minnesota Golden Gophers, but Tampa Bay did in Antoine Winfield and Tyler Johnson. But uh, I think everyone's looking at the Bucks in a favorable light that Tristan Wirfs fell to them, and you got some protection for Tom Brady. Yeah, look, Wirfs is a great pick for them. They needed help on the outer edge there. They get it. I think he was the best offensive tackle in the class, although I think you're splitting hairs with him, Thomas, and Wills. 
Um, and then they did. They get Winfield, who was a, a borderline first-round pick. I think he was fantastic in Minnesota. They get him. He's built for today's NFL. He's a guy who can play all over the defense. So I love that pick. He's got great range. Uh, I, I thought the Bucs did really well. I really do. I think the Buccaneers were one of the winners uh, of the of the draft. Tyler Johnson, the receiver out of Minnesota, a lot of people thought might have been a third-round pick. Well, he falls to the fifth. So, yeah, I think Tampa did well. Let's go to our last division, Verdurin. We're going NFC West, and we start with the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of people think Isaiah Simmons is going to be elite, and some people think that he doesn't have an actual position and is going to be very hard to scheme around. That's what the Cardinals did, number eight overall. Where are you at on Simmons? Well, here's what I think. I love the player. I think he has incredible talent. I think he can build a defense around him for a decade. But that's only if you have a coaching staff that's smart enough to figure out exactly how to use him. And there's there's danger in that. You know, teams overthink that kind of thing. I think Simmons is fantastic. But you've got to figure out where does he play. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? I think he's a linebacker. There's disagreement there. I think if you're the Cardinals, you got to figure out where he is. You can't be a, a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. He's got to be really good at one spot, and then you build out from there if you can. But I love the pick. I thought the Cardinals had a great draft. They get Simmons in the first. Okay, Then they double back. They get Josh Jones in the third round. They need a tackle. They get one there. Rashard Lewis is a guy – or excuse me, Rashard Lawrence is a guy out of LSU who's an interesting guy. I think he could develop uh, and obviously went to a hell of a program. So, like, I liked what the Cardinals did quite a bit. We go to the Rams, who did not have a first-round pick, but a very busy draft. Two in the second, two in the third, three in the seventh, along with fourth and sixth-round picks. The first selection was Cam Akers, running back, taking number 20 overall in the second round out of Florida State. I, I'm okay with their draft, like a B-minus. Like I, I just think, I know they got rid of Todd Gurley, but do you need a running back there? Is that like your biggest need? Now, Van Jefferson out of Florida I like a lot. I think he's a really, really good uh, developmental receiver who is going to come in and play well right away and it might ascend from there. Terrell Lewis on the edge out of Bama, look, <laughs> it's about can he stay healthy. He's a, he's a talent, big time. But if he, can, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a big pick for them. Uh, I thought the Rams did okay. I don't think there was any pick that I was over the moon about. There wasn't any pick I was really down on. Um, I thought it was a solid class. I do think that they tried to address both sides of the ball, and they need help on both sides of the ball. So that was smart, I thought, in the way they attacked it. San Francisco making a big move, trading DeForest Buckner and uh, loading up with a defensive tackle with their first-round pick in Javon Kinlaw. Thoughts on the Niners? I thought the Niners did really well. Look, first of all, they traded for Trent Williams, and so they replaced the retiring Joe Staley there. That's a big move, okay? Williams is younger, and he's better, and Staley was a hell of a player, so that's a compliment to Williams, not a dig on Staley. And then they go out and they get Kinlaw to replace Buckner. So they essentially traded Buckner for Kinlaw. We'll see. If Kinlaw is good, that's a great move. You get four cheap years of production out of him. Brandon Ayuk, I think, is going to be really good for them. They needed a receiver to replace Emmanuel Sanders. They get one there. They didn't have picks for the, for the second day. I mean, they didn't have another pick all the way to the fifth round. But I thought for what they had, look, they drafted two kids. If they work out, then that draft's fine, right? But it, it's a it's – a, it's an interesting offseason for them. I think they're better than they were coming into the offseason. Was that fair value for Williams? I think it's a steal for the Niners. They're a fifth round this year and a third next year. I, I mean, geez, I, I think that's a no-brainer for the Niners. And I think for the Redskins, you just have to get rid of them at this point. So they, they screwed that up from jump. 
they could have had a, a second round pick of the worst for him a year ago. We wrap up with the Seattle Seahawks, who went defense with their first round draft pick in Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech. And uh, the Seahawks had a uh, couple of picks in the fourth round as well to uh, get some depth there. Did Seattle creep closer to San Francisco? You know, I don't think so. I, I, I hated their draft, to be very honest. I, I really did. Like, Jordan Brooks is a good player, but he's a downhill thumper. You can't cuff him. Like, what, what is the point? I, I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't get this pick there. And, and with Patrick Queen on the board, I really don't get it. You know, they, they draft Darrell Taylor out, out of Tennessee in the second round edge rusher. Eh, okay, like not a ton of upside there. I just, Seattle has a history of having weird drafts. And it continued this year. Look, I still think they're going to be very good. They have Wilson. They have, they have talent around them. But I, I didn't think they helped themselves to the draft. All right. That's every team covered in your 2020 NFL draft. That's why you come to Stacking the Box. As we get on out here, Vernon, your biggest takeaway from the draft is we just recapped it. Well, I'll stay away from the quarterbacks because I think that's obvious. But, but my biggest takeaway is, you know, you always look at, at least I always do at the end of the draft, okay, what do these teams look like now going into 2020? And for me, I think the NFC is as competitive as it ever has been. And I think the AFC is still a two-horse race. I don't think anybody really closed the gap in a significant way with Kansas City and Baltimore. I think those two teams got better this offseason. Baltimore added more guys. Kansas City kept everybody, added what I think is a very good class uh, of rookies. I, like, I think Denver got better. Buffalo got better. Uh, Pittsburgh, just with Roethlisberger getting healthier, is better. But I don't think any of those teams are as good as Kansas City and Baltimore. I think it's going to take injuries or it's going to take a some real shocker for anybody to catch one of those two in the AFC. For my money, I'll, start, I'll end where we started. I'm very interested to see how the fallout's going to go in Green Bay, if it's going to be quiet with Jordan Love or if we're going to get more Drama come, hopefully, training camp at some point here as we get the world back to somewhat normal. And I'm very interested to see how Tua develops in Miami. Can he get on the field week one? Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be dynamic? Can the Dolphins actually, as you teed up for compete in that division, which you could make an argument, I think, a very cogent one. It's wide open. Yeah, Buffalo's the favorite, but who the hell knows what's going to happen in the AFC East. But that was a great job by you, Matt Bergeram, on this 2020 draft recap, my friend. Every single team, no one does it better, and I'm including the great Mort, the great Schefter, all the greats out there. You nailed every single team, buddy. Well, well uh, thank you. That is uh, that is aggressive praise, so I'll, I'll take it. That's what I'm about right now in, in the coronavirus times, aggressive praise. Hey, uh, thank you for listening, by the way, to Stacking the Box. Subscribe, rate, tell a friend, and I hope you draft our draft special recap here. 2020. Matt Burren, we'll see you next time, my friend. Thank you. Take care, man. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites, sports to pop culture, and everything in between. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.